candles don't have to be girly. We don't have to play Taylor Swift when we talk about candles. We can play corn. Yes, because candles can be manly. Rustic barn. The drunk neighbor just picked up the finest candle they offer. Porchandlantern.com, our sponsor on this show. And I'll tell you what, promo code T-S-T-I-N-O stands for the stupid team in New Orleans. This week, you don't even need that. Buy two, get two free. The drunk neighbor just got Rustic Barn. What could be more corn manly than Rustic Barn? Ah! Porchandlantern.com. Get your candles right now. Go get them! Mr. Producer, is Coach O coming on with the spirit of Buddy Deliberto again? Buddy D? Oh, sick he is. All right, good. Let's get that. I'm Buddy D, bitch. WWWL. And I'm here with uh, Ellison U, former Ellison U interim and head coach Ed Oldevon. Ed, how you doing? Well, buddy, I tell you right now, go Tigers. And it's good to hear from you from the grave. We having that seance, you know, and um, that Ouija board. And you, boom, he came right up. You know, it's all great. Well, you know, it's kind of like the internet, you know, with the, the, the Ouija board and all. You get on there and uh, uh, Brian Dunbar and uh, not so successful with the – yeah, buddy, yeah, wait, hold on. You kind of confused me. I, Dunbar ain't been around in the league for a while. You gotta excuse me, I've been dead. There've been a lot of words I haven't been able to mispronounce. Um, I'm still working on Mitsubishi and uh the David on your mother, you know, or David on your mother, that's a good one. I figured you would have a hard time with that one. Well, there's a lot of things I have a hard time with, but one I don't is listening, you know I'm a gambler. And them boy, them boys over there on the the sports antelope, they're really good with the, the gambling and the numbers and stuff. I know they are, baby. I love talking to them. You know, I'm Coach O, bitch. I can be talking to a lot of people. But, I mean, I just talk to them and uh, occasionally give an interview to The Economist or something like that, you know. I mean, I got to – I'm just kidding, baby. I don't do nothing that, that, that highbrow, nothing intellectual like that, you know, because I am Coach O, bitch. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. There's no stopping what can't be stopped. No killing what can't be something up your way, now to the task at hand. Hopped off the passenger side of my lap. Under my nuts was 200 racks. I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. Welcome to the Sports Antelope episode number 180. I'm running right through his chest. I'm your host, Danny Belts, here on this lovely Wednesday evening. What a loaded show for you today. Bro Exotic comes on talking about a glitch in the Woke Equation. What the hell is he talking about? The young Woken seems to have a glitch with the Phoenix Formula, but that's okay because he's going to come on and, and tell us what's not working with the Phoenix Formula. It doesn't. Maybe we underestimated Coach Sundance Wicks, the Green Bay Phoenix. I mean, this is going down. These guys are playing Milwaukee. He's going to talk all about that. The big in-state rivalry. The drunk neighbor comes on. Boy, so much to unpack with his bit. Petrino to Arkansas. Potential LSU-Notre Dame matchup. Auburn-Alabama. Third trimester abortion ending with about three other things in there. It's going to be incredible. So we're batting the full lineup today. The full Monty. Almost Tommy Bench kind of hit me up like... A little late, like, hey, man, I'm trying to get in here. Oh, we almost had the whole squad. He'll be back on for the Sunday Sickness or for next week's show. Is this, uh, it's starting to be his Super Bowl. We're going to have a new president soon, so we got to get him back in here. Glad to know he still knows where this show is, but that's a busy traveling man. Good episode today, and because of the amount of people coming on, which we want, 
I will not be taking too much of the show's steam here in the beginning. I will not be doing that. Sometimes you just can't take that much punishment from your boy. You know, I don't really have... I have the strength, do you? I don't know. Sometimes I can just go and go, but it hasn't been that bad lately now, has it? I've been pretty condensed, I think. As the show continues to grow, be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Hey, follow us on Instagram, at the Sports Antelope. Hey, if you're not doing anything, are you kind of bored? Reach out and touch a brother's penis. A touch a brother. Reach out, touch a brother, I meant. I'm sorry. And tell somebody about the Sports Antelope. Today, did you mean to say touch his penis? Well, I guarantee you, if you did and told him the, something about the sports antelope, he'd respond. He'd probably punch you in the face. But hey, he may Google it. He may give us a click. He may listen. Normally in the beginning, I want to talk about some things happening around the league and such. But there's a couple things that I really, really just want to do right now. But I feel if I wait, like a patient 41-year-old, if I could just wait, whatever that means, be patient, it will be funnier next week. So I will refrain from doing something I really want to do because the timing is not right, which I can tell you is not usually the standard for how we like to operate, especially myself. I'm running right through his chest. What's, what, what is that from, Belts? Well, most of you guys may know the story of Kobe Bryant playing against Pau Gasol in the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. You also may remember one of the greatest South Park episodes in history coming out right about then when Carbon's having nightmares. No, there's so many. He's going, and the Chinese are doing all their chances, like hundreds of thousands, and Carbon's all freaked out. I remember 2008 pretty vividly. I remember watching these games that year, the year I was moving to Colorado from Louisiana, just moving back from Florida. A lot going on that year. And what I want to talk about particularly, particularly here, or in particular, is the, the moment when Kobe Bryant ran through Pau Gasol's chest. Now, leading up to this game, there was a lot of hoopla. And Spain was almost not really the favorite, but the way the odds makers were looking at this, it was like, yeah, one of these two teams is going to win. And I'm like, well, hold on now. Do you realize who's on this team? You know, this isn't the team with Richard Jefferson as the star. Yeah, there's guys like Dwayne Wade, Kobe, LeBron. You have uh, ludicrous Hall of Famers on this team that had had enough of just this team going embarrassing themselves four years before that and losing to like Puerto Rico or something. Just ridiculous. Should be crushing all these teams. Really, I don't care how good basketball is in other countries. It's not a country that should get near this country in basketball. And I don't care. You can get the Joker and stack them up, and it doesn't matter. We 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 should not be losing, especially the rate in which we were to get a guy like Kobe Bryant back in. That's when I knew that this was no longer going to be some you know some little joke. And the reason I want to talk about this directly is because there was a lot that happened before that game, much like there is a lot. That will happen before the Georgia-Alabama game. A lot that has happened, and much like Powell and Kobe, a lot happened. A lot has happened with Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, and we'll be diving into that once we get through this. When we talk about international players in basketball, a lot of what we hear, a lot of the biases, they're soft. And that is true for the most part, kind of. I understand what people mean by soft. They play a different brand of basketball, bigger guys playing farther away from the basket, like the Joker, Luca. I mean, you know, there's a, a Peja, a lot of guys like this. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're soft. 
Uh, but I can see where that, you know, where that comes from. Pau Gasol was anything but soft. And honestly, I think he's one of the more complete centers we've ever had uh, in league history. His statistics aren't really as amazing as they could have been when he was at Memphis or before he came to the Lakers. I mean, obviously, Gasol was one of the more dominant players. 17-9-3 as a career is nothing to shake your head at, but Powell was one of the best post defenders I have ever seen and is anything but soft. That No. And his brother, Mark, as y'all remember with the Grizzlies as well, he running around on that wild team with like Zebo, some of these other guys. Uh, Mark Gasol was a monster. That's back when those Grizzlies teams would win like 86-69. to 69. Uh, they just had just a it was just a bunch of meat boxes on that team playing old school basketball. But Pau Gasol, you know, already been with the Lakers there for some time. He's pretty much he's he's older than Mark by a good bit. But Pau's numbers would not be as large with the Lakers because you had a lot of all stars and superstars on that team, particularly Kobe, and you're not going to get the ball as much. Just like with any other player that played like Kobe, particularly even like a Michael Jordan. I mean, Kobe played more like Jordan is what I meant, but I know you understand when the ball is going to be primarily in one of the best player of history's hands, you're not going to score as much as you typically would. But Pau Gasol was, was unbelievable for the Lakers. This is when I was a Lakers fan. I was a Lakers fan because I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan. And the reason that I was a big Kobe Bryant fan, and I understand that um, in death, it, most people will come around nearly to anything, and I understand that. Uh, that hit me like a like a, a a bag of bricks. I remember hungover, sitting there on my sofa early in the year. I'm looking at the phone, can't believe what I'm looking at. TMZ reports it, and you know I don't like TMZ, but I've said this on here, they don't miss. So when I heard about it from them on Twitter, I was like, oh my god, this is this is this is real. But what I loved about Kobe the most was his unbelievable tenacity on the defensive side of the court. Forget everything that he did on the other side. Kobe Bryant is one of the best defenders in history. He is an on-ball defender that is ridiculous. He can guard nearly any position. I've even seen him bang around down with some big dudes down there, but there ain't no point guard or shooting guard handling the ball or small forward that he can't check. Full court. Okay, full court. He's done this a lot in the Olympics. He did this to Leandro Barbosa when they played Brazil, and that was supposed to be one of the best teams, and Kobe only took like one shot. I don't think he took a shot. But his whole thing was to Coach K and everyone else, he ain't scoring. So Kobe Bryant, to represent his country, doesn't even hit the scoreboard much, but shuts down Leandro Barbosa to nothing, to nothing. And if you don't know who Barbosa is, and I mentioned him last week, he was basically faster than Steve Nash nearly. He's not better than Steve Nash, but Barbosa was one of the fastest people with a basketball uh, you have ever seen. And for Kobe just to say, I'm going to guard this guy who's spry in the middle of his career. He's like in his 20s. Now, Kobe's still young and strapping, of course, but Barbosa was explosive, and he couldn't do anything. And Kobe Bryant had the ability to do this physically, mentally, take you out of a basketball game when he wanted to. Kobe's a psychopath, was a psychopath. Most people like that about him. I just like the fact that although he was a, quote, ball hog and probably did shoot the ball too much, you could say that the same of a lot of other greats, but he never missed a day on defense, and don't tell me he did. Uh, I watched him play an awful lot. Now I could throw some names out here for some perennial superstars now. I can tell you it's not when they miss deep. It's when they play defense. Uh, I don't need to say any names and get on any rants, but Kobe never missed a day on the other side of the court, and guys like that are a dying breed, no pun. 
my point here is that I enjoyed watching him play because his entirety to the sport to me was complete. And he, in my opinion, is one of the greatest basketball players of all times. And that's not some statement. Of course, I don't think he's better than Michael Jordan. It's tough to start getting into that. But Kobe Bryant was definitely special. And then, of course, his last game against Utah, that was one of the most ridiculous things ever. And anyone that that did not or maybe did watch that, go YouTube the final two minutes of that game versus Utah and then just tell me there's not a more ridiculous way to to end uh, his career with a game like that. These two guys were teammates. Kobe won and Powell. Kobe recruited a lot of players, and they won because of him. If they don't have Powell, they don't win that championship. And and he did a ton uh, for that team, and he was an unbelievable player. Him playing for Spain, Kobe for the United States, this was going to be a very, very big matchup watched by the entire world. I remember watching this game. It was a very, very, very high-viewed basketball game. I don't know if the Neeson ratings get into international, and I forgot and did not check, but I do remember reading. It was a lot of people watched that game across the world if they had a television. What's interesting about this is that before this game started, Kobe Bryant, being a psychopath, would go to Pau Gasol's village with him in Spain, little tiny village. They had small upbringing there, him and Mark. So Kobe goes with him, meets his family, all his friends out here in the spot that Powell and Mark grew up and all, shaking everyone's hand, kissing babies in the village, catches an interview after that, telling them how Powell's family, their teammates, Spain's undefeated, the amount of respect he has for them, all of this, and the whole time Powell Gasol just taking all of this in, not knowing, not knowing that this is part of the greatness of Kobe Bryant. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care. Because in order to set this up on the other side mentally like a trap in poker, you'd have to know your opponent, know him mentally that he would fall for this type of thing. Now, Powell's a smart guy. He's just, you know, he just didn't see this coming. Now, he realized it really quick. It was all a charade. But if you don't know what happened, let's have a couple of interviews quick from LeBron, from D-Wade, and then you'll actually hear what happened because, yeah, this, he ran right through his chest. In Spain, both teams come in 3-0. They're the two best teams. They're the two gold medal hopefuls. Bob said he's going to set the tone to start the game. And he said, I'm running through Powell's fucking chest. First play of the game, I'm running through Paul Gasol. We was like, what? Man, you tripping. Like, that's your teammate. You tripping. You ain't about to do that. He said, first play of the game. I know what they're going to run. And he knew Powell's going to be the last screen. And he said, I'm running through that motherfucker. I swear the first play of the game. We was like, holy shit. I remember watching that and looking at my buddy going, wow. Because you had to be wanting to do that the entire time before you even got to that country. That side of the world, you had already been contemplating doing this. And the whole setup was brilliant. What do you think happened in that game? As tough as Pow is, he didn't expect to get trucked, but not stabbed in the back. No, stabbed in the heart. In other words, he was looking at you when he did it. This wasn't no cheap shot. Ran right over him. If anything, it showed how Pow, I mean, you can't just, Pow's a huge man. <laughs> he's seven foot, two, eight, two, nine. I mean, he's not like a skinny dude. He might be 300 pounds. He's not a small man at all. He's huge. He had a lot of weight to him. Strong. Kobe just ran right through him. Called the foul. And then they beat their ass. 
What I love about this the most is the fact that Kobe told the younger generation what he's doing. They didn't believe him, and then he did it. And I'm like, what did you expect? What do you think? Does this man look like the type of guy to say something he's going to do and not do it? I don't know. I don't know the man personally. I did play in one of the gyms. I mean, I played one little scrimmage game at Lower Marion once. It was pretty cool. But I'll tell you this. He looks to me like he's going to do it. Yeah, yeah. You say what you want about Kobe. Does it look like a guy that bluffs? Oh, no, he's got the aces. He's going to go right through his ass, and he did. Like they said, that set the tone, but it really, really just got me thinking, how crazy can a person be when they just want to win? And can you blame him? We're not just playing for money. Kobe doesn't want any money now. He's got all the money. At this point, what does Kobe need money? What Kobe, what Kobe wanted was that championship for his country, and he thought that this was a way to do both. Make a statement, make Powell know what's up right there, and on the other end, whip Spain's ass. And that's what they did. If you ever have time and you're bored, and I've said this before, it's always interesting to go look at some of these coaches and look at their resumes and see what they've had to do, where they've had to go to get to where they are currently. Very rarely do you see some of these guys, especially the older generation now, you know, like the Lincoln Rileys and even the Lane Kiffin. He was kind of the first really young guy to be running around all arrogant, not brash. I have no problem with that. A lot of the younger guys... Cliff Kingsbury and such, they didn't have to go through quite the gauntlet because now you don't have to have all this ludicrous experience as a coach, which means nothing. You're either a good coach or you're not. I don't care if you've been coaching for 15 years or a year. Sometimes experience goes the other way for me. You can do it the wrong way for 15 years. We've talked about that ad nauseum on here. But Kirby Smart played for Georgia. He was a defensive back guy and then he defensive back and then he was a defensive back coach. Now, if you go look at where he was, after Valdosta State, uh, he goes to Florida State as a graduate assistant, and then would come to LSU as defensive back coach in 2004, go back to Georgia as the running back coach 2005, only to meet up with Nick Saban again in Miami, the Dolphins. Kirby Smart's only pro stint, and then after the Dolphins, that is when he would reunite with Nick Saban back at Alabama. Uh, as the defensive backs coach, and then the next year in 2008 became the defensive coordinator for Alabama for eight years. This is, and he was, a massive part of Alabama. After Kirby Smart would leave, it's not like Alabama fell off, but they would soon change the way they play a few years later, go to the RPO. But Kirby Smart, a huge piece to that puzzle, and how fitting that since he's been at Georgia, you know, he's racked up, but I'm looking at it now, 93-15. and 15. They haven't lost a game in a long time. I used to call him Kirby Not-So-Smart. Joke's on me because he's got a lot more money than I'll ever have, and he seems to be really good at winning football games. As a matter of fact, there's really no one better at it. And when people try to say, well, it's when the SEC is down, has it really been down, and does that really matter? Now, the answer to both those questions is a resounding no. He's an excellent coach. So who's who here? All right, I guess you'd say, oh, about sick. Let me guess. Nick Saban's Kobe Bryant. And he used to be kind of a teammate with the younger Pau Gasol. And Nick Saban is going to run through his chest, and they're going to beat Georgia. Well, for those of you that listen to the Sunday Sickness, you know that that is not how I feel because we have Georgia minus five. Now they're minus six and a half. Just putting that out there. We'll get to that in a second. 
But I feel that that is not the case at all. It's not so much who's who on this side of things, as far as who's Kobe and who's Powell. That would be too cheesy anyway. We'll get a little higher level than that in a second. But it's tough to deny that Georgia is now the new Alabama. If you want to be the new Alabama, you have to win a lot of games, you know, over a long... If you keep winning games and haven't lost in over a couple of years, you know, only other other team I can think of is the Tebow Florida team had a big streak going. It's like 19 games in a row. This is wildly difficult to do in any conference. It's hard to do in the MAC, let alone in the SEC. But it's tough to get away from what the guy has done. It almost looks like he has the best of both worlds, right? He has the high intelligence, the young age, high energy. He's been with Saban so long, and now he knows how to beat him. And they beat Alabama in the national championship. That game got a little closer than in which it could have been. Uh, you know, Bama had a little flurry there at the end, but Georgia pretty much in control the entire football game. This game is difficult for me to really talk about, not just because I can't stand both these guys. I respect the hell out of both the men that coach them. But it's hard to talk about because of all the cheesy narratives that are floating around right now and all the low-hanging fruit that people will continue to pick. Alabama has a big problem right now. And I know their record would not indicate that. Anyone that has watched this team knows it's been very weird. People forget they barely beat South Florida. Now, that was early in the year, and that was, I believe, right before or after they lost to Texas. But South Florida's garbage. They're garbage. A lot of people were blaming that on the weather. I don't care if they play on the moon. They should not be in some six-point game with South Florida, All right, a team that had problems stopping Temple. Now, we're not going to do the transitive property here. You know how much I love to do that. Actually, I hate that. I just like to make fun of it. That aside, the big way to tell if you've moved into that Bama category is when you start getting Bama-type talent. And it's hard to do that. LSU can do that, and they've won some championships. That's good. See, Texas A&M does this every year, and they haven't won a damn thing. They can't even win the SEC West like Ole Miss. So you see, talent doesn't just mean you're going to win. You have to know how to do with that. And it seems that no matter who's coaching with Saban after, you know, the carousel, you go coach for Saban for a while and you go coach wherever you want. It's incredible how they're able to keep and hold serve in that regard. But Georgia clearly is the most talented team probably in the country. I don't think they're necessarily the best team, but to say they don't have the most talent would be ridiculous because they absolutely do, even on special teams. Top 10 in that category, they can score as many points as they want, and their defense is just as good as any defense in the country. And my point to here is, is that now we look at these two teams, and if I would have told you before the year that they'd be playing in the SEC championship, I don't think that many people would have been that surprised. I would have been a little surprised that Bama had got there, not Georgia. But even when Bama's supposed to be down, well, they haven't lost a game in conference in a very good conference. Brain fart versus Texas. If they played Texas again, yeah, I, w- I would take Alabama in that game. But that's versus Texas. Then we're talking about Georgia. When Kobe Bryant ran through Pau Gasol, Pau wasn't necessarily ready for that. If you go look, doesn't matter. I mean, he came right at him. Clearly, Nick Saban is going to be ready for this. So let's say Nick Saban is Kobe Bryant. Let's just say for happenstance that he is, or just for argument's sake, in this case, as, I don't know, plebeian as that sounds. And he's running right at Pau Gasol. Now, on the video and the, rea- the reality of that situation, the aftermath was, as you heard, and as I talked about, he got trucked. 
But imagine if Kobe Bryant, and I haven't heard this angle before on this one, but imagine what would have happened if Kobe Bryant said, I'm going to run right through his chest and then ran right into his chest and then just went right down. That would have been a pretty big L, don't you think? Telling everybody you're going to run through his chest and then you run in and truck yourself because Pow is just a lot bigger and more powerful than you thought. I think a lot of people that I've talked to, I've read, and some guys that I, I really take in their opinion deep, I've read a lot on this game, and I know the people are going to bet Alabama as much as the sun going down on the other side of the east over there because that's what people do is bet Alabama. So I expected to see some of that, and I was glad to see a little bit of that money come in there. We're going to want that. Keeps things honest here, especially for guys like me. And I think that Alabama is going to try to do exactly what Kobe Bryant did. See, there's no way they're going to be able to throw the ball on Georgia. There's, you can forget that. As much as I think this defense isn't as good as what, it's kind of still you know, hard to throw on them. Now, like I've said, versus Missouri, found this out again. You can get it over the top. You can get it over the top. Don't expect Milrow to even have the, these deep ball accuracy. is horrible. If this guy had any accuracy, they, there's no way they lose to Texas. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons they lost that game is because he just doesn't know how to really throw a football that well. Uh, that's, that's for damn sure. But I feel that Nick Saban and these guys, from what I've read and what they're going to try to do, and not just what I've read, but there's only been a couple interviews that I've heard, but I don't think Alabama is going to try to do anything special. I think they're going to try to run it right through Georgia's chest, just like Kobe did to Powell. The only problem is I don't think you're going to have the same result. It's tough to run inside on this team. Basically, everybody's found that out, and Alabama is going to find that out too, and Really what it's going to come down to is can the Milrow kid, can he do this again? Can he go ahead and have a game versus Georgia? Because he missed a bunch of throws versus Auburn, did not really look that good. And yes, I know what happened at the end. Now the drunk neighbor will be on to talk a little bit about that. There's a lot that doesn't add up here to me. And I think it's business as usual for Alabama. And they're going to run right through his effing chest, right? Right through Georgia. Uh, well... Eh, maybe Alabama is going to win. What is going on, Wimbenyama? Psych, 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 psych. Psych. Run through the chest, huh? You going to try to do that? Halfback power, A-gap, 22 swim. No, it's, this, this isn't going to be. You're going to have to throw the ball to win here. You're not running through anyone's chest. Matter of fact, this is going to be the reverse. Kobe Powell, UGA, opens up at four, creeps up to four and a half. We got him at five. Now it's at six and a half. Oh, that's a big number change there. The question is, do you think this team can throw the ball on Georgia? I am positive they will throw the ball on Alabama. And yes, the narratives of the young apprentice now going against the big man and all that. Well, they seem to be better coached than Alabama, more talent than Alabama. Matter of fact, what does Alabama do better than Georgia? I think LSU does more, way more better uh, against Georgia, let's say, than let's say an Alabama can. That's an LSU team. Alabama clearly a better football team. Not giving Alabama enough credit. Not giving them the credit they deserve. They do deserve credit to be here again. Yes, I'm not saying that. But that doesn't mean I have to respect it the same way I have in years past. You can go ahead and tell me you're going to run through Powell's chest. And you can show me you've done that before, but the problem is you haven't done it in a while, and I don't think you're going to be able to do that again. So like we said in the Sunday Sickness, we'll just keep it real. We like UGA minus the five. You can run through that. Boise still minus two and a half. 
I'm not surprised that line has not moved. UNLV is still a hot ticket for some people, especially after the last couple games. But Boise right now to me is a wrecking ball. I think that game goes over as well. I think Boise is going to hang 40. This could be a big card, way bigger than I normally have on Championship Sunday. Stay tuned to the Instagram, at the Sports Antidote, because I'll be definitely getting something else on Boise. What else is going on around here in New Orleans? Tulane plays. I believe I kept saying Southern Miss last week, but I did say Southern Millionaires first, so you know I'm talking about Southern Methodist. But Danny Bells is dyslexic. So when I start to write USM, SMU down, random stuff comes out my mouth. If you don't like it, kiss my willy. Can't go back and change it. Well, I'm a genius, and I said the SMU line would go up, and it did, all the way up to six and a half. And then guess what it did? Came down all the way to three and a half. Boy, I wish I could tell you we have four and a half, but we don't. But damn it, I'm taking Southern Millionaires plus the three and a half, and yes, we think they can win. I may look at an alternate line here. This is not the right potion for Tulane. And if Southern Millionaires cannot just gift Tulane the ball five times in the first half, I don't really think we're looking at anything other here than SMU winning this game rather easily. They're a better football team than Tulane. Tulane has a couple advantages here, but uh, I'm 0-1 going against these guys. 2-1, excuse me, 0-1. 2-1 with Tulane this year regardless, but they've all, the only time we had Tulane was against Ole Miss, been against them twice. We're going against them now. We'll take SMU plus the three and a half, and hopefully that does not come back to bite us. I said I'd swing back to this game, and I am. We got a worse line, and it's an under. I know. Don't do these too often. But I am not convinced at all that Oregon-Washington is going to be some shootout. No. I do not think Washington wants to get near a shootout with Oregon. And Oregon's defense is very good. So is Washington's. I know the first game had a lot of points. I don't know if that means the second game is. I'm not putting this on the record yet. I'm just going to wait. I think this may go back up a little bit. There's no way. 65 and a half is where the Pac-12 championship game is going to close at. But keep a close eye on this one. Good chance we're going under. If it gets to 65, I'm going to pull it right there. I don't want to get below 65. We're going to want to hold that off all to 64 and then, you know, still win that. Landing on 64, we would win that. I don't want to get to 64 and a half at that point. The 34-30 may haunt my dreams. So we'll get it out of there before it gets anywhere lower. We'll keep it on 65 and a half. What do we have here, though, coming up, Mr. Producer? You're going to play this one, but why is the song in? I thought you had this on loop. I guess he didn't. I don't know. What else do we have here, Mr. Producer? There's another game. It is on loop automatically. I forgot you did that. You got me. I thought it was... <laughs> Boy, between Bro Exotic and this producer, I don't know what the hell's going on with the young woke and the drunk neighbor. I can't keep track of who Mr. Producer actually is. I don't even know. He's a dark figure in the corner. So those are the four games we're looking at. Oregon, Washington under the 65 and a half. We have Boise on the record, minus two and a half. We have UGA minus the five on the record, SMU plus the three and a half. So three on the record and one to come. But I got one going on the record right now. I love how everybody talks about Iowa and these points here in this game versus Michigan. Everyone's telling me, can you believe they don't score? Son, I've been talking about Iowa since August. All right, pal, and they keep winning games just like I said they would. I said they'd be a one-loss team coming in here with only scoring 20 points twice, and I almost hit that. Couldn't be any more on Iowa than I am right now. But everyone's flashing around this one. Iowa's first-half team total is .5. That is right, one point. If they could somehow just kick an extra point without scoring a touchdown, you win that in the first half. And I cannot believe how many people are going to just take the under in this and say there's no way they can score. Well, guess what? I think Iowa scores a lot more than people think. 
I want to take Iowa to cover this game, but I'm not crazy because I know the fourth quarter could fall apart. But I just think it's funny that no one thinks they can even get a field goal up there in the way this team plays. If they're able to pin Michigan in like they did Penn State early, if there's no fumbling a punt, they could easily get within the 40, 35, 30, kick a field goal. What if there's a turnover? We're going to have to find out. What if they do the annexation of Puerto Rico triple option reverse flea flicker? It will never work for Iowa. Too many white people. But at the same time, though, they could easily score. So on the record, Iowa. That's right. You heard me right. Get ready for this. Iowa over a half a point in the first half first Michigan. Iowa over .5 first half. Coupling that or pairing that with Boise minus two and a half, UGA minus five, and Southern Millionaires plus the three and a half. Keep your eye out on Instagram for Oregon, Washington. Something tells me we'll be doing that as well, and I can't help it. I can't help it. I was told not to do this. I was. But I just can't, I can't help it. We're going to the Pro Football League here. You know, the NFL. I don't spend much time here. Don't do it, Bells. You see where this is going, right? I can't, I can't help it. The stupid team in New Orleans has one of the stupidest losses in history last week. I mean, they <laughs> got Derek Carthos for 300 yards inside the 30s and negative 9 and 10 turnovers inside the 30s. They play the Lions, and the Lions are mad after losing on Thanksgiving, and they don't to be pushed around. Yes, they will. Why is this only four and a half? The Saints, who do they have at receiver? Kirkwood this week? I don't even know who they have. I don't care. The Detroit Lions, plus minus four and a half here, have to be the biggest favorite trap I've seen in pro in a long time. Don't worry. The stupid team in New Orleans will absolutely lose to the Panthers and the Giants in the next two weeks. But they're going to win this game. They will win this game. I know this sounds ridiculous. But if I see something on there I can't get away from, even to the detriment of going all the way, losing credibility and talking about the stupid team in New Orleans, put them on the record as number five for the first time all year. Danny Belts will take the stupid team in New Orleans. Plus the four and a half. Those are the games that we're rolling with. And those are the games that I'll be jumping in. 47, 40, 47, 41 and 1. Danny Belt's 10 and 2 is Bro Exotic. And the guy's got a gem coming your way. So speaking of Bro Exotic, has anybody seen Bro Exotic? Mr. Producer, I'm tired. Let's get it going. Well, that's a bit of a problem. Looks like it's you. Who's in need of a gender education? We must try not to get canceled. Prepare to be canceled! Bro Exotic joins the sports analog little preemptive triumphant already i can kind of tell i can feel it you know i can feel i can feel it what's going on bro uh what's going on dude bro exotic uh vice pip cow church woke what's going on dude oh this is usually when i say sick but it kind of sounds like you are sick um yeah yeah dude uh looks like I caught, right? uh looks like i did get my last booster uh mm. you know it I was out during my pro-Palestine protest, and it looks like I, I, I caught the vid out there. But luckily, I got uh, the booster from Hamas, dude. They're a local manufacturer, uh, Jihadson and Jihadson. And uh, I'm looking to be better real soon, dude. I've heard of that. Jihad, yeah, I mean, of course, Jihadson and Jihadson. Some people might think you're saying Johnson and Jihad. No, no, you heard it. Everyone knows that's a real vid. And you wouldn't. I'm sorry that that had to happen to you, bro. It's such a time in the year when we need you outside. You, you really need to get boosted as much as you can so you don't miss episodes. You know what I'm saying? 
for sure, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And it's a very, very woke vaccine, dude. Very anti-Israel. It's, it's gonna super work. It's woke. Gonna I must wonders. say, it's very woke vaccine. Um, yes, and I'm sure you got a few of them. And Jihadson and Jihadson, very reputable out there. So I, I do think you're going in uh, in the right direction with that vaccination. Uh, not that my approval or stamp means anything here, but I'm learning a lot as 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 we see. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to be uh, up and at it pretty uh pretty soon dude Good. um this uh this new booster is gonna work wonders and i'll learn my lesson about not skipping my weekly booster shots so you know yeah, can't do that and I, I should probably get my wind boost bro congratulations here i see once again looks like you're on not just the right side of the bet but probably <coughs> the, you know the right side of everything uh yeah dude just want to be on the right side of history uh <laughs> yes you know just just uh i mean i hate to go head to head with you bro but i just knew that uh, the uh, the indigenous Seminoles of Tallahassee would inev- inevitably uh, surpass the incredible privilege of the University of Florida. Uh, so uh, we know it came through. It's what the Wook Equation gave us, and we're uh, ten and two on the year. The the privilege of Sunbelt Bill. Did you happen to have you ever heard this guy, the drunk neighbor, talk about their coach Sunbelt Bill? His his Cajun privilege. We need to talk about that coming up. That's like a different entity, but I'm sure you've already have like, you know, breakdowns on that. We just haven't spoke of it yet. It's kind oh, of he sounds about as woke as Sundance. Yo, yeah. <laughs> holy mackerel! Let's not get into that. Yeah, I don't know how to get you next to that guy. That's the gatekeeper and the keymaster here. But you are correct. Well, bro, Zach, I mean, you, you beat my ass, Florida State. Yes, getting it done. You're on the right side of history. You've been boosted by Jihadson, Jihadson. You're going to be better by tomorrow. And speaking of tomorrow, we're coming up on, you know, the, the slate of championship games. Bro, I'm not even going to guess. I have no idea what you're doing, but I can almost guarantee you're going to win. Uh, that's how this goes. Ten and two against the spread. These are the facts of the case, and they are undisputed. So what are we looking at here, brother? So something weird happened this week. Um, as oh. you know, uh, in our in our woke calculator, we w- w- with you know filled with the woke equation. Of course, we put together every single variable and every single game that's ever going to be played, and the woke <laughs> equation gives us the most likely of winners. Of course, we did this for the bowl game or for the uh, for the championship games here, and it gave us back an answer without the me too variable of the woke equation. There is a glitch. In the woke equation this week, Whoa. we tried it again and again and again, and still no variable up top. There's nothing to divide against. We only have the bottom portion of the equation. Really? Okay. Yep. And it turns oh, wait, out. Is, it, is, it, is there? Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So we all know that the woke equation is me too squared over privilege times CO2. Right. So there's nothing to divide against that meets C squared. So it turns out that the woke equation this week is SMU's Southern Millionaire's Privilege times the Green New Deal wave of Tulane equals over 47. Wow. There. Okay. Re- one more time. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand. I'm almost with you. Can you repeat that one more time? Yes, so SMU, so the 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 white rich cis privilege of Southern Southern Millionaire University times the new Green Deal wave of Tulane equals over forty seven. 
Oh, I don't have any questions. That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, the green, the new green deal. I mean, I, I'm sure that's not going to come into some of the CO2. The, the white privilege at Southern Millionaires University is it is insane. That is all they have is white privileged students. And there's a lot of that at Tulane as well. And the woke equation now is is uh, the glitch is now getting you towards an over. Well, you haven't. Wow. Over 47. I, I feel good about this. I mean, this is unbelievable. So even when there's a glitch in the woke equation, I mean, clearly I can see where you're going here. But we, when there's a glitch, can we still trust it the same? Or do we have to have some sort of like, uh, I don't know about it this week. Should we still have the same faith in the woke equation, bro? Uh, yeah, new, the, the woke equation, There's uh, even though there's a glitch in there, there's a glitch in uh, SMU's uh, quarterback situation. But oh. still, <laughs> but yeah. still we've uh, the, uh, the woke equation. We don't ask questions. We just take overs and we, we make money. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just give the money. That's all we're doing here, just getting the money. Tulane SMU over 47. Is that today's line, bro? I haven't checked that. That is today's line. Uh, of course. Right before recording, it, uh, right. it went, went to 47. It was uh, previously 47 and a half, but I don't think that's really going to matter. I mean, it, it probably won't the way you're running. Well, bro, Exotic is going to get into the American Conference Championship here in New Orleans, Louisiana at Yeoman Stadium. Over 47 points, Southern Millionaires, the white privilege is just oozing out of their cup. And then, of course, the New Green Deal. Uh, very, very incredible how you're able to variable that into the equation with a glitch. I mean, I don't even know. That is unbelievable. So we're all going to get on that right now because I'm sure it's going to go up to 68 and a half tomorrow, the way that this this goes, usually about 20 points. Uh, bro, Exotic, I'm all about it, man. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. I, I think this is going to be go- only one game, though, correct? We're just doing one? Absolutely, just one. I, I, I'm glad that you, you're finally being, being able to see you A little know, bit. What, what we're trying to do here. You, you, you're, you're seeing the process. You're, you're seeing like you're, you're actually understanding how this works a little bit, and I'm really proud of you, dude. Hey, hey thank you. Excuse me. Thank you. Jurassic Park, thank you there. Uh, yes. And I'm, I'm, but it, preliminarily and elementarily, yes, I can kind of understand a little bit on the elementary level. Enough to understand the white privilege, and in this case, the new green deal, clearly means there's going to be a ton of points and everyone's going to win. So we all know what we need to do there. Go ahead and get that in right now because it's probably going to be a dime. Uh, bro Exotic, I did have someone ask me a question. I do not answer questions for people that want to speak to the church woke. I am not a surrogate. Uh, but I will pass this one through uh, to you. When college football season is over, are you going to do anything in the NFL? I do not know uh, the answer to that question. It's a foregone conclusion. I mean, this, good. It, oh, good. The, good. this, no, this, this train doesn't stop, dude. The woke yeah. train, it, it, this electric, electric ran woke train, it soldiers on. Yeah. Oh, we know that. And I mean, there's a lot of privilege. The Dallas Cowboys are very privileged. You know that. A lot of white fans, a little slavey too, little Jerry Jones, kind of slavey. And there's some other things, and there's some other teams that are wildly offensive. Uh, that will probably be in the playoffs, and I'm sure if the Kansas City Chiefs start to make some noise, we'll hear we'll hear about that from you because obviously you condemn all of that. And, and oh then, yeah, dude. Yeah, we're not having any of that crap. No, and I, I do. Game. I will. I will say as a little bit of a uh, just a little bit of a teaser prediction. I am seeing big things in San Francisco. Uh, as you I'm know, sure as, you a, as you know, is a woke hub of cow. Very uh, much. We're, yes, we're seeing uh, we're, we're seeing some some trophy. Uh, uh, prophecies here, dude. A lot of white privilege on that San Francisco team, though, bro. I'm sure that's... Yeah, but they use that white privilege for good, dude. 
Yeah, I get, there we go. See, see, the woke equate, it just, you can't spin this thing, guys. Just you, like you said, conversely, Jerry Jones uses white privilege for evil. So you, you get it? I, I mean, I get it. We all get it. <laughs> I'm good to go. Well, bro, congratulations. Good luck. Oh, I'll give you congratulations in advance to winning your 11th game out of 13 selections. I'll be jumping on that as well. Anything you may want to close with, bro, exotic? Uh, yeah, dude. No joke. Stay woke. Uh, hashtag uh, jihadzen and jihadzen. Hashtag women's rights. And we'll uh, see you next week, dude. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> jihadzen. I managed to not laugh in the beginning. I almost made it through. All right, bro. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Cheers, dude. Jihadzen. Jihadzen. Guy, this big, powerful guy. This guy is he is a monster, a giant of a man, one really large person. I've seen a lot of people over the years, big people. You know, I have a friend, big guy, one of the biggest in the world. This big, strong friend of mine who weighed like 250 then, which 250 then is big. Drunk Neighbor joins us here on the Sports Center. What's going on, Chief? How we're doing there, pal? I'm doing strong. I, uh, we have a lot to unpack here, and we're going to try to, we'll try to do this in an orderly fashion. I don't really have a sequence of which we're going to, Begin, but I'm going to start off with the number one thing on my mind, and that is the fact that Auburn knows how to close games. We can rely on them to not give up a fourth and goal from the 50-yard line, and they beat Alabama, and that's what I saw. It was like a <laughs> former closer for the Houston Astros, Ken Giles. He just Ken knew Giles. that he was going to get blown. Fourth and 31. <laughs> what does that mean? Fourth and 31. I don't even know how that happened. Hugh Freeze did it at Ole Miss. He gave up a big fourth and 25, I think, to lose to Arkansas. Arkansas. I remember yeah. this. So it, he's, it's in his DNA. <laughs> Good call. Uh, I just cannot believe it. I, I <laughs> thought we were going to see an upset at the beginning of the year on our SEC preview podcast. I said that he would upset one of Alabama, Georgia, or LSU. This was it. And he had that chance. Uh, it's right there. And we could just be done with Alabama. Like, we wouldn't have to hear all this, well, what if they win, but would you put them in over a Florida State with a backup? Just shut up. <laughs> I, 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 life has <laughs> just gotten too easy for those bastards. I still do not believe that they're a very good football team. I don't think they are either. I just, I, I can't. I was not wrong in that. No. I was wrong a lot about the season predictions. I said LSU and... Tennessee, we're going to go to the SEC Championship. Obviously, that is not the case. Uh, I said Deshaun Womack would be the blow-up freshman. He didn't play very much. When he did play, he got sacked. But Sick. Uh, you know. So, anyways. It hurt. It, it was such a disgrace. You got fourth and 31, and you rushed two people. <laughs> you give this man all day. And, hey, here's the thing about Alabama. They have better athletes than you at receiver than you do at DB. Some transfer from Jacksonville State is probably back there trying to cover these kids. And sure enough, it happens. And you know what? Couldn't have happened to a better team. Uh, sorry, Auburn. Yeah, it's, it was terrible. And it does keep the conversation going. What it does infuriates people like us because now all the mental gymnastics come in of the scenarios. And then we're going to look at the big thing. Well, if Texas comes out of here... Uh, we're not going to go SEC here. They beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa, back to what you said. That loss can't be a win because they played them. And I guess the, the, this is another example. I'm not going to be the guy that just called, well, we need to have 15, 16 teams. But, but this is going to be a train wreck now. If they beat Georgia, I mean, they're going. But then we've talked about it last week. They could, If Georgia loses, you don't think they should go. And no. I agree. So then, But I don't think they will. Right. I, I don't either. 
what do you do before we get into LSU? What what do you think we're going to look at for the for the four? It's a tough question, but you know, if you had to think about, if you look at maybe the. Um, well, obviously, it's going to be Iowa. Yes. Mizzou. No. New Mexico uh, State. <laughs> so I think Georgia and Michigan both take care of business this week. Um, I think Oregon will beat Washington and knock Washington out. And then you're down to your last spot. Um, and I think Texas is going to jump Florida State because I think Florida State will could possibly lose this week to Louisville. Oh, I know Louisville just came off that loss to Kentucky. I still think Florida State may... If they win, they should be in. Um, Texas should be right there, though, too. So it, it's going to be very interesting. Texas, of course, has to take it, take care of business with Oklahoma State. But uh, that, that top four... If I had to predict today, I would say Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas. I like that, and I think the committee is going to be a little slanted towards Florida State, unfortunately. I don't think it matters what you look like when you got there. I mean, they're still winning without their I mean, their best player, but I do agree, and if Texas does smash Oklahoma State, which has the potential for, then I think you'd be right. And how they have Ohio State ahead of Texas, I don't get. I, like, Texas is one. They went to Bama. They have the best win out of any of these teams outside of Washington beating Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, yeah. I think Oregon's going to beat Washington. But I, I mean, yeah, not many impressive wins at the top. Good point. Uh, it's mostly happening down here, you know, in the yeah, Michigan's before, played nobody all no. year. And if they lose to Iowa, they should absolutely oh. not be into it. Iowa same. should go. No, I'm <laughs> and the, yeah. So maybe Michigan loses to Iowa and really clears up some room here. Oh, that'd be great. You think Ferentz has been waiting for this one, baby. So I know it's been making the rounds real quick. Their over-under for the half is, is a half a point. Iowa's team total first half is .5. And yeah, I know. And they the, better not punt to them. They but the, people were asking me what I thought about that. And I'm going to talk about it with you real quick. I don't think people quite understand. It is very easy for them to force a turnover at the 40-yard line, get 15 yards, and kick a field goal. I don't think Iowa's going to be shut out. I don't think it's going to be a disgraceful game as people think. Iowa, without their best defensive player, no quarterback, it's not a good matchup. But we'll see. It was just interesting. But, got Yeah, I LSU. So LSU just played your favorite team, top three team. You love A&M. And... I watched it with you. A little frustrating in the beginning when it looked like A&M was going to be able to kind of a hold little. the A little. That's like being yeah. a little pregnant. little pregnant. That, you were not happy. That was <laughs> some of the most atrocious <laughs> defense. Uh, I just – I don't understand. <laughs> this team doesn't even line up correctly. It, it's just gotten to a point where they don't – they don't play – it's – they had one good – Greg Penn gets the nice one-handed interception and basically – the whole game changed yeah. after that. Yeah. And that's all they had to do all year was just force a One. timely turnover like that because our guy, once again, <laughs> and I tell you what, Malik Neighbors kind of dogged him a little bit last week, even though I said that he would be good in the NFL. I, I wasn't over the top about him. No. I wasn't. But he played like a violent man in that game. They could not tackle him. I mean, like, it wasn't just that he was getting open and catching balls. He was breaking tackles, throwing people off of him. I I was extremely impressed. And that was a team that was angry. And (laughs) they just... But you knew if you could take the wind out of their sails that they'd be fine. So, LSU takes care of business. Uh, Next step, 
They could very well be playing Notre Dame in the it doesn't, former Outback Bowl. Doesn't get much better than that. It really doesn't. I don't want it for Brian Kelly. Um, I, I, I want to see that in a more meaningful game. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you this. Changes need to come on that defense, though. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to keep Madhouse. I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard that they may change some position coaches. Corey Raymond just got fired at Florida. I think LSU would be... I've gone back and forth on this. I got a little tired of hearing about Corey Raymond whenever he got let go, but he is hell of a recruiter. I mean, look at all the defensive backs LSU's put out over the years whenever he was the defensive backs coach here. So very well could be uh, a prime target. If I was Brian Kelly, I would, you know, the uh, defensive line coach for LSU was out all year. He was sick. That guy, Elijah Robinson, that stepped in as the interim coach for Texas A&M, I'd be sending a bag his way and bringing him over to LSU. Not only is he a good defensive line coach, but he is a hell of a recruiter. LSU needs to bring that man over here. Yeah, that would be. Well, they have a lot they're going to have to rebuild, especially after what we just saw, <clears throat> which was Texas A&M pretty much kind of moving the chains whenever they wanted. But at the end of the day, there's a top 10 defense, and at least the announcers were noticing this. A&M... The only game that really got away from them was Miami. A lot of these were it happened at the end, and they just Miami just broke their back. And then the but then you go back and look at some of the A and M games. They're holding Ole Miss like there's none of this Jackson Dart running around putting on a show. No, Jaden Dan, you could tell he kind of they could not stop him. No, no one, he's, so I've he's no the one, best. He is, and there's really no getting around that now. I know people think, oh, we're LSU fans. I think we're very objective for where it is and, and how we have to be. But now the point of it is no longer. Proved to me that he is. It's proved to me that he's not. And once you're in that point, this is when you can just, I hate to say it, you can just defend the castle. Because as good as Bo Nix has been, and it's very, it's going to be close. I think Nix should be right there. But Daniel, I mean, how many, and, and they also say, Heisman moment, how did he do in November? I don't even know how many touchdowns he has in November, but it has to be a record. In two games, he has like 14. So from there, I can say he has more than 20. And I don't think he has a turnover in this entire stretch. He had 600 yards on his own against Florida. So I, it, it was unbelievable. Boy, he, those two years, he has torched Florida over there. Yes. And, oh, man, those are bad. They're happy to see him go. They are very happy. Uh, yes, they are. You're not too – Sunbelt Bill's going to stay. you got to like that. Oh, I love it. Yes. I, and guess what? It doesn't get any easier for Florida. If you look at their schedule next year, <laughs> it is a gauntlet. And he – has made every scapegoat he could there over the last two years. He's running out. He's This is the end of the line. He's going to have to have a good year next year, and I'm not so sure that's going to happen. I'm going to tend to agree. That I? fat little piggy defensive coordinator they brought in from <laughs> Southern Miss that oh. looks like every student at the University of Florida is going to be – he, that's going to be his downfall. He's going to keep that guy but fire all the experienced The actual coaches. talent. Yeah, but Gotta stick to the Sun Belt, baby. Sun Belt Bill. So LSU, Notre Dame, I do want to touch on that briefly. If that were to happen, that would be a very high-profile bowl game, probably the highest outside of anything that would be a New Year's Six or whatever. Uh, where are you kind of hearing? I've heard some rumor, the rumor mill, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not questioning where you heard it from. I've heard that as well. But do you think that is a possibility that that could actually happen? Yeah, absolutely. So it's almost guaranteed that LSU is going to go to that bowl game. 
Um, I've seen some other predictions. I'm going to try to pull this up as we talk about who else that they would be projected to play. Who the, the, the network doesn't select. I don't know how that works. They changed it, but the network doesn't get to choose both, or can they? That's a tough question. I don't know how that works, but I do know they're slotted like the SEC's. They could pick or... second team outside of the or the first team outside of a New Year's Six or whatever it is. It it's almost guaranteed it's going to be LSU in the ReliQuest Bowl, the former if... Outback Bowl. So you will not get to win. Uh, boomerang shrimp or an That's onion terrible. muff. Horrible. Onion but muff. You can get uh, rely <laughs> whatever rely quest does. But the predictions I've seen are Notre Dame or Wisconsin or NC State. So out of those, I guess I'd rather see LSU play Notre Dame as a more classic matchup. It's a classic. We've played them in the last 15 years at least two or three times in a bowl And they've beat us they both have. times. They have. Two, yeah, you're right. It was almost like every other, I think two times in three years. But I this, was at that Liberty Bowl. Oh, this one would be different, though. I think if they do play, if you're a network, you, how do you not want this? Music City Bowl is what it was. Yeah. Uh, they, but... I do remember that. It was a high-scoring game, too. Yeah, we should have won, but our backup quarterback tried to take off with the football on a point after and looked like a newborn baby giraffe trying to walk. And if he <laughs> wasn't like that, he would have scored. But they lose. Um, but I, I, I don't like it for Brian Kelly having to play his old team. You know the memes are going to be outrageous. They're going to come after this man insane. I Maybe a little race. Could be a little racy. Could be a race war. Could be a little slavey. Could be a little slavey. I don't know. I'm just saying. There's Sorry, bro. Implicate. Yeah, he's not going to like that. But there's some implications. There. The implications. The Dennis Reynolds implications. But Prepare I to be canceled. Prepare to be canceled. That man will cancel your ass in any, whenever he wants. But I do feel this, this is interesting. I'm hoping we have... What I'm hoping doesn't happen is bowl season last year was a disaster. With all of this, I'm not playing, and, and you're playing, and I don't care. And then the bowl games become more than irrelevant. Now they're just, it's almost like we're doing it because we have to. I'm hoping that some people play, and this would be a game that I'd be excited to watch. But, you know, if you're Jay, if you're Daniels, do you play in this game? And these are things that are going to start to occur. Like, your first-round draft pick, do you play? I, I hope he does. I would want him inspect him to play. But if he doesn't, I'm not going to necessarily change my opinion of him. But we'll Yeah, I wouldn't him. hold it against him, uh, but I Think he will? Um, I get the impression just from the way that he's been a stand-up guy all year that he will play. Malik Neighbors said that he's going to play. He wants to break the all-time receiving record held by Jalen, or excuse me, by Josh Reed. Uh, so wow, he wants to break that. Um, he should have broken it if it wasn't for a bogus holding call at the end of the last game Trash. against AM. Trash. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see where this team goes. I, I do think they'll have a good amount of players playing in this. Um, so especially if it's a high profile game yeah. like Notre Dame, it's a good game to put tape out on. So, um, I, I think they'll be fine. It'll be another game for our offensive line to gel, uh, which has been fantastic this year. Uh, Will Campbell is a guy on, we talked about him all year. He didn't give up a sack all season. Uh, that's about as good as it gets from your left tackle. It doesn't hurt whenever you have the slipperiest quarterback in the history of football, but nevertheless, it's been a great performance by that offensive line. Yeah, it has been. You called that in the beginning of the year, and they're only going to be better next year because now you got two juniors, or they be juniors. They're going to be uh, running the football a lot more next year. We'll we'll get to next year whenever next yeah. year comes. You I'd know like what to I want to talk about? What's that? 
the return of Bobby Petrino to Arkansas. Oh, so when I first saw that, I mean, I, I expected it to be fake. And then when you said sent it to me, then I, I knew that it was, it was real. Unlike other people, I'll send the stuff that is spoofed uh, immediately. Uh, but you actually vetted it. The, really, what this tooth that well, actually one thing, and I just want to make this statement of what this does. This disproves atheism. This, this is it. I, this is it. There's no way you're going to tell me there's no humorous God in the clouds. For those of you who don't know, and there's a lot of people that may, a couple that don't, Petrino was already disgraced at Arkansas a long time ago in a really weird scandal. We all know the story where it looks like he got his ass whipped by uh, someone's boyfriend that he was banging or something like that. And now he returns. And it was said that he was on a motorcycle and got into a mar- motorcycle. Motorcycle, that's right, when really it was just a country ass whipping. And it was the same season he flipped off less miles that's from across right. the field that's because great. we were running up the score oh, on them. Don't ask me how I feel about that. You, Yeah, this isn't, yeah, you're Arkansas, act like it. Uh, I don't know, how do you feel about this then? Uh, that's a weird pairing with him and, and Big Pitt. I don't know how that works. Well, I'll tell you this. Sam Pittman... He, he better get his shit together because they looked like the Ooh. walking dead against Mizzou. You would think after they brought him back and it sounded like all the players were excited about it that they would be, yeah, we're going to play for him. They look Ooh. like a, a shell of themselves. I, he's he's going to be on a very, very short rope. And I guess that's the kind of coach that Petrino wants to tie himself to. He's with Jimbo all this year and then... Now with Pittman next year, so he's just going to be the OC for all coaches that are on the hot seat. It's awesome. What a what a fill in for him. He's found his calling. It's incredible, and (laughs) he very well could be the head coach of that football team by mid season next year. Yeah, they're not bringing him in. When we we knew when he went to A and M, he was never going to be their head coach. This makes a lot of sense. Kind of like the. It's almost like he's here to help you, but if you f up, he's taking your job. That seems like it's. Kind of the heir apparent if he screws up, like he said. 100%. So that's going to be interesting. So we'll be watching that. So, all right, we got this week, we got some games coming up, um, SC Championship. Give me a, what do you think, prediction on this? We're not going to talk about the botched coaching hire from Texas A&M, where they had multiple hirings within an hour. Uh, I I can't believe (laughs) that this school thinks that they are above Mark Stoops. Now, <laughs> it probably would have been a good fit. I was like, eh, well, it's another 8-4 and four coach to take over Texas 8-4, and four, <laughs> or shall I say Texas 7-5, and five, Texas Astamount. They, it looks <laughs> like they're going to hire Stoops, and then all of a sudden they get cold feet because Twitter explodes, the message boards explode. So they go back, and then they hire DJ Durkin. Or excuse me, not DJ, sorry, Mike Elko. Uh, from Duke, former defensive coordinator over at Texas A&M. I think he is a good coach. I will be very curious to see who he hires as offensive coordinator and how he's going to be able to retain the talent that's on that roster right now and what he's going to bring in in this upcoming recruiting class. It is going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks. I know they brought him in before the transfer portal opened up because they wanted to make sure that he was there, he could stop things and bring people in um it looks like Ryder Leonard his old quarterback at Duke is leaving so maybe that's where he ends up gonna be very fun to watch uh so A&M pulls a full Joe Oliva with all these fake hirings (laughs) and end up hiring Elko um good hire I mean we talked about it a couple weeks ago seems like he's got his head on straight 
we'll see what he could put together over at A&M. It's a lot of pressure in a very crowded, crowded division. There's usually, yes, exactly. And there's usually a, a buzz about for teams that bring really, really dumpster teams that are known for football higher. You know, like uh, Franklin at Vanderbilt was able to do this. He goes to Penn State, and he's seen some success. They win some games. They just don't win the ones they really they need They never to. win the games that, they're, that they need to. Need to win. Yeah, he's like 3-17. and 17. He's Bo Pelini. Very, very much so. But uh, this one, you know, Duke, anytime you're going to showcase that Duke, you're going to be a candidate. And sure. we'll see his defensive-minded guy. He's pretty smart. And he understands the culture. Well, yeah, he understands <laughs> how to go 8-4. and four. So, And how to go sway back and forth with his Aggie brethren. Yeah, that's so, man, they just showed another video of these male cheerleaders doing something to Taylor Swift. It never ends. It's pretty, I don't know, they, at this point they have to know it's a joke, and now they're just doing like, they're, they're nickelbacking themselves, and I kind of like that. Like we'll just do Taylor Swift. They can't even can't get any lower than that. It's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Well, we got some games this week. SEC championship. You got a prediction on the score before we uh, get even pretty close. You almost a and M LSU was close. It was off by like four points one way, six the other. That's still really <laughs> close. No, I mean if you think about it, it was high. You you almost you, very high scoring. You're right. And you think Bama? If we could have gotten off the field in the first half, they would have scored yeah. a lot more. But uh, I think that. Georgia is going to put up some points. Let's go 31-17. 31-17 UGA. I would like that because we have them on the show, and it looks like it went up to six and a half, and it came back down to five. People need to bet Bama. That's what I was like. Come on, you guys, you got to bet some Bama here. I want to see how Alabama's offense responds against a really good defense. Yeah, they haven't really seen much like that, so we'll see. It should be interesting, and uh, we look forward to having you on. Next week, we should know more about the playoffs set up, and I'm sure we can make fun of some other teams uh, besides ours. The playoffs are going to be fun to watch, seeing how everything unfolds over the next week. So one of the last few weekends of college football before I go back into hibernation, I will miss this. But uh, go Tigers, and I'll see you next week. All right, buddy. Thanks. Say, man, this shit broken? Nah. That's just the young woken. Ah, bring him in. Well, the young Woken joins the sports analyst. What's going on there, Chief? What if I told you, in order to rise from its own ashes, a phoenix must first burn? That's right. I think the phoenix might just be back. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I... I see some parallels here with uh, myself, you know, now three, three L's in a row. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You know, the Phoenix formula is clearly skewed and a little too biased against the Phoenix. Um, and just like the Phoenix, you know, we were three and uh, 28, 29 last year, uh, basically the worst uh, program in division one basketball, but coach Wicks, uh, he, he might be the real deal. We're, uh, we're keeping these games close. We just got our leading yeah. scorer. Uh, from last year back, Clarence Cummings the third. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're looking like a real program here, about We're looking like a real program. I mean, this this is what's going on here. I mean, so they had St. Thomas over the weekend at home, and I mean that was a convincing win, right? I mean, they just rolled them. Yeah, they came out. They uh, started with a six nothing lead. Never looked back. They led the entire game. Um, Clearly. I mean, what was I thinking? The Phoenix came out firing. They practiced on Thursday. St. <laughs> Thomas 
they were slow and sluggish after Thanksgiving. I, I mean, indigenous people, the, um, nice you know, some, yeah. Uh, Sundance, he, he was wearing his green checkerboard jacket again. I mean, this, that, yeah, <laughs> that, that had Phoenix written all over it. When he wears that jacket, I mean, I don't know how we go against that guy. So then we take, so we lost that one. I believe you're four, four and three or three and two. Uh, that would have brought me to three and two. Three and two. And then we come to today, tonight, the Phoenix battling um, Fort Wayne, or is it IUP? Is that IUP? IU? No, 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 no. no, no, no. We're, we're getting to them later. That's uh, Purdue Fort Wayne. Purdue Fort Wayne. That's right. Back in the day, they would rack up a bunch of points. And it looks like they're getting a bunch of points again, Green Bay, and they almost won. <laughs> yeah, they lost by four, 71-75. Um, you know, that's that's over our uh, 141 and a half under. Yeah, I had uh, to carry the one there, and I realized we lost. That's yeah, nice. yeah. It's uh, it's hashtag fed the young Wilkin right now. Um, but well, I don't know about that. We're, we're going to get back into the win column here. Um, you know, we've we've got a big, big, big game Saturday night in Green Bay. Uh, taking on the North Side Milwaukee Panthers. Um, the North Side Milwaukee Panthers. I, b- I believe they have a Buffalo Riot Wings there. I, I, I'm not I sure. I believe they have a couple. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, just a big game. We're we're back into Horizon League play, so it's exciting. Uh, the Young Wilkin might be at the game on Saturday. I don't know. Um, I may or may not have bought tickets right behind the Phoenix bench, so. Uh, if, if you don't already have ESPN Plus, uh, get it. I'll I'll have a nice sign ready to go. You're gonna have a sign? I, I think so. I haven't figured it out uh, what it's gonna say yet, but but we'll we'll figure something out. Well, as you know, I as we've we've discussed in practice on this show, I am a connoisseur of homeless cardboard signs. Uh, you you seem to have made one work extremely well. Uh, don't feel don't you explore the studio space with me on the possibilities of this i for one think you should mimic whatever sundance wears you should wear that right behind the bench uh for me that would do it and then if you could come somehow copy his mannerisms i believe you may have to shave your head i'm not sure you definitely have to get vaccinated to get anywhere near him but uh do we know what the line is in that game Not a little early for that that's saturday so we don't have a game till saturday with the phoenix that's it that's that's correct. No line yet, but I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now, Belts, I like Green Bay already. Um, oh! Yeah, I mean, come on. This is this is our Super Bowl. As you all know, we're hosting them. It. Everybody it's our, knows. Yes. It's our only in-state rival. Uh, we don't play the Badgers this year. Um, the woke Badgers. Yes, um, very. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's it should be a packed house. I, I really think, uh, you know, maybe we'll get like 2,000 people there. Um, it, it should be, it should be a rowdy environment. 2000 people in green Bay. That's half the city, man. You get everybody in there. You can just start robbing people. Uh, yeah, man, no one's going to be at home. Everyone's going to be at that game. I should be there, but have an obligation. Unfortunately, my, uh, I think one of my brothers, maybe even bro exotic was planning on going up to this game a while ago. And then I think I had to break protocol, but that's okay. You will be in great hands with a great sign behind arguably the greatest coach in history, Sundance Wicks. So, uh, we ESPN plus, I'll be looking at some of this at some point. I'll be recording it. Uh, if anyone can see the young Woken on video that watches this on television, take a picture, put that on Instagram. This is historical stuff. I don't think people quite understand how incredible the Phoenix program really is, but it's great for us Woken because 
you're going to have to pick every single game with the same team. This is wildly difficult. I have tasked you with nearly an impossible task, but you are winning. And that's all that matters. Do you think are you smell? Wait, so you're not talking about cover. Are we talking about a straight up upset? We're going to beat the North side Milwaukee Panthers. Is that what's going to happen? I mean, we might have to sprinkle in a little money line action. North side Milwaukee Panthers. (laughs) I hope you idiots understand how funny that is. Oh, boy, this guy's a gem. All right, well, let us know what you plan on doing there. Young Woken, I may have you on the Sunday sickness to go ahead and break down what happened there. If they win, you might just get your own show again. You held it down one time just fine. I have no problem handing you the keys to the castle. Young Woken. Appreciate you jumping on here, keeping us updated on the Phoenix. Of course, this is easily the best bit on radio. That's right, better than Bro Exotic's bit. I didn't just say that out loud. Anything you want to close with, though, Young Woken? Oof. Well, uh, that's quite the segue. Um, Bro Exotic, the Church of Woke. <laughs> the Church of Woke, the Woke Pope. Uh, if you're listening, um, I, I just hope that you will allow the Woke Equation and the Phoenix Formula to coexist with one another. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to start a race war here. So um, please, please take me up. And um, as always, give to the Phoenix Fund, baby. Very interesting proposition. I'm going to go ahead and run that by, bro. Yeah, they should be able to coincide. I don't understand why they can't, but yes. Hashtag give to the Phoenix Fund. Everybody knows this. Just, just give the money. Young Woken, we look forward to perhaps having you on on Sunday if you can, but definitely having you on next week, man. Thanks for jumping on. Take care. God bless. Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 180. I'm running right through his chest. Are you, Nikki? Oh, we'll find out now, won't we? Thanks to Bro Exotic for coming on here. Look at this guy. You like that? You like how he does this? You like that? The young woke coming on here talking about North. <laughs> That is so funny. He just threw that in there. It's a continuation of his Milwaukee joke from last year. This man's a national treasure. And the drunk neighbor coming in. Another hammer time. Hammer time bit on his end. Tommy Bench is coming next week. Maybe even the Sunday sickness. Who knows? Reach out. Touch a brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antelope. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Tell somebody about the Sports Antelope. We'll see you guys next week. Keep it real, Anadotions. <laughs>